Get ready, Vikings Nation. Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Scold production. Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O for the preseason. The Vikings went O for the preseason last year and ended up 13 and 4, so it's not that big a deal. But is it too much to ask, ladies and gentlemen? Is it too much to ask for a little bit of entertainment? Is that too much to ask? There's a lot of controversy going on right now. Why don't the Vikings improve their interior offensive line? Why is it that some in Vikings Nation already want to run crazy out of town and label his first couple of picks bus when they've had barely 13 months of NFL experience? I get it. We'd like to see more out of Andrew Booth Jr. and Lewis Seen than we've seen so far. We can all agree to that. And it very well may turn out that they don't amount to much of anything when it's all said and done. But they're already busts. Let's slow down a little bit. Put Nick Mullins on ice. I don't want to see him on Saturday when I'm in the building at the Arizona Cardinals game. He has done enough. He is absolutely definitely one of the top five backup quarterbacks. That's all he is. No more and no less. So let's just call it for what it is. We don't need to see him out there anymore. Okay, we don't. We need to see Jaron Hall behind the second string offensive line. And I'm going to talk about him shortly. But the point is, let Nick Mullins ride the pine in this final preseason game. If Kirk Cousins goes down for a game or two, we have a solid backup quarterback that is going to be able to keep us afloat. Like, let's say he missed four games. You hope to go two and two in those games, no matter what part of the schedule it is. You can go better than two and two, so much the better. But I don't want to see Nick Mullins out there. I don't. I get it. You need to have some competency at the quarterback because you're also evaluating the wide receivers about who's going to make the final couple of wide receiver spots. I get that. But for me, you should know by now what you got in the wide receiver. You don't know what you got in Jaron Hall yet. So put Nick Mullins on ice. Let him sit out Saturday. And then let's hope we don't see him because Kirk Cousins don't get hurt. Let's hope he maintains that streak. Speaking of Jaron Hall, I want to see some Hall monitoring. On Saturday, I want Jaron Hall to be given the same treatment that Malik Willis was given against us this past Saturday. Give him the whole game. If you want to give the new guy a couple series at the end of the fourth quarter, sure, I don't care. But by and large, Jaron Hall needs to be the starting quarterback. He needs to be playing behind the second string offensive lineman, not the third string. We haven't had a developmental quarterback that has been worth a darn on this team for years, basically since Kirk Cousins got here. And frankly, even before that, I want to see what this guy can do. Behind, ah, I mean, again, our second string offensive line ain't all that good either, but it's better than the third string. I'm sorry. Jaron Hall has been put into a position to not have a whole lot of success. And what I found interesting about the game on Saturday is third quarter. Oh, my gosh. I know you're just running your same basic offense. You're not going to show all your tricks up your sleeve. I get that. But at least allow the kid something. Now, that 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 touch pass he had on the left side, ultimately incomplete. He was under pressure, stepped out of the pressure, lofted up a ball, and if that was a real game with a real receiver or a real tight end, no offense, that could easily have been caught. It would have been a great throw. 
Now, in the fourth quarter on that last drive where they scored a touchdown, they actually opened up the offense a little bit. Hey, we're going to do some play action and some rollouts. I mean, that's still basic enough, apparently. Don't know why he couldn't have done that in the third quarter. Could have entertained the fans watching the game in person. Could have entertained the fans watching at home trying to stay awake. But I digress. Jaron Hall used his feet to get out of pressure, set himself up. Again, nice dump off, easy throws. I get that. We're not jumping up and down saying that Jaron Hall set the world on fire in that last drive. But he looked like a fifth-round draft pick rookie. Really green around the edges, but he showed us a little something. And no, I'm certainly not willing to give up on this guy. I'm certainly not willing to say, well, we'll take a chance and cut him and hope we can get him on the practice squad. No, he gets a roster spot. Because you need somebody like him in the building to learn behind Kirk Cousins and Nick Mullins, to be under the tutelage of Kevin O'Connell, and to actually see if we have something. I'm not, uh, yes, best case scenario is Jaron Hall is ready to start in 2024. I am certainly not predicting that. Would I love it? Yes, because that means you got three more years of a guy on a rookie contract at the quarterback position with positional value. Okay, but he's never going to get there if you're constantly putting one hand tied behind his back. So for me, put Jaron Hall as a starting quarterback in the final preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals this Saturday. Please, please do that. Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth Jr., the two, the first two picks that Quasi Duffman had last year. As I have said, it is not Lewis Seen's fault for however you want to grade that trade when the Vikings traded with the Detroit Lions from 12 down to 32 and picked up some ancillary picks. I said it at the time. If you hadn't also given up your own second-round pick, I would have liked this deal. If you had acquired Detroit's first-round pick this year, I would have loved that deal. I didn't like the deal at the time. But the results of the players, that goes on crazy. So I think we need to take a step back on Lewisine about how much we are grading him. We need to grade him on the same curve that we would have graded him, say, if he had been a second-round pick, okay? We can't blame him for the perceived sins of the trade and say, oh, well, this guy's a bust. You traded back that many picks. You didn't get enough in return, and this guy's a bust. Okay, one's got nothing to do with the other, okay? It doesn't. Now, Lewisine had a devastating injury last year. This is basically his rookie season. He wanted to take Lewisine last year play one year with Harrison Smith and have Lewis Seen take over the Harrison Smith role. He's much better in the box than he is a deep safety. He is, but he's not going to get that opportunity right now because you still got Harrison Smith doing the blitzing, playing up in the box, trying to decipher what the quarterback's going to do and try to play cat and mouse with the quarterback. You can't have two guys like that. So right now, yeah, Lewis Seen hasn't been able to crack the lineup. We got a pretty deep safety room. So all I'm going to say is this. Am I disappointed that Lewisine hasn't progressed as much as I would have liked him to? Yes, a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, to call Lewisine a bust right now is preposterous. Now, Andrew Booth Jr., I'm a little different on him. And part of the reason is because he has such an injury history. Okay? Andrew Booth Jr., when he got drafted, said, Hey, I ain't been healthy since grade school. Okay, high school. You get the point. Point is, oh... Andrew Boo Jr., you had a third and four and a stretch run play, and you were one-on-one with a running back. That's a play you have to make, particularly when you're a guy that hasn't progressed enough. A couple plays later, your buddy Lewisine is jumping and diving out of the way like it was Adrian Peterson barreling down on him for the touchdown. 
See, that's what we're going to need from this defense. When you have opportunities to get off the field, you have to take advantage of them. You cannot say, oh, I had an opportunity to get off the field and I missed it. Okay, it's preseason. The world's not ending. But come regular season time, those are the type of plays that this defense needs to make if we're going to do anything. You're not going to have that many opportunities. As far as Andrew Bill Jr. goes, I've said it for weeks. I'm no longer disappointed because to me at this point, I have no expectations. I have expectation level zero. Zero. And if we get any production out of him, it's found money. You've heard me say it. I'll say it one more time. Andrew Booth Jr., I hope he proves us all wrong. I hope that by the middle of the season, he's balling out. We get to look back at all the content we did and say, oh, is Andrew Booth Jr. cuttable? No, he's not cuttable. Is he Bustville? No, not yet. He just hasn't progressed yet. You need time. Okay? Rookies don't. Again, we got spoiled with Justin Jefferson just walking in here and taking over the league. We got spoiled by Adrian Peterson. We got spoiled by Randy Moss. Okay? We're spoiled in thinking, okay, if you're a first or a second round pick, uh, Phil Lodeholt's another one, second round pick, started right away. I know we're going back a few years, but my point is that's not the norm. The norm is it takes a couple of years to develop. The problem is the Vikings have been in win-now mode, and they've had such areas of need that they maybe overdrafted some players saying, okay, we need this, we need that, so we're going to take this guy and hope he can just step right in. We need to give these guys a little bit more time before it's welcome to Bustville for them, but that's just me. Stefan Diggs is in the news again, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, who here is shocked that Stefan Diggs once again says he doesn't. Now, again, he didn't say it. Stephen A. Smith said it. In fact, let's just go ahead and uh, listen to it directly from the horse's mouth, shall we? Brother, he don't want to be in Buffalo anymore. He don't want to. I'm telling you right now, I have my sources. Stefan Diggs got to be there, but he would prefer to be gone because he's lost a level of belief in the Buffalo but that's right I said. It's Stephen A, baby. I'm not, I'm telling you what I know, okay? You, they, they can deny, they can tell you what I have my sources. I'm telling you what I know, all right? But he's not going to force his way out. He know he got to be there and they got to perform, but he ain't feeling the Buffalo Bills the way that he once did. He ain't feeling the Buffalo Bills the way he once did. Boy, who here is shocked? Okay. For a while, we've been saying that both teams won that trade. And for the first couple of years, yeah, both teams did well in that trade. And to the surprise of nobody here in Vikingsville, Stefan Diggs isn't happy. Now, here's the funny part of this. Stefan Diggs just had his contract reworked. He would have $45 million in dead cap hits if the, if the Bills were to trade him. They would have 31 million of it hit in 2024, and they would have 13 of it hit this year. He's not getting traded unless somebody comes up and blows him away because that is a massive, massive dead hit. When I first saw that today, I'm just like, oh, what is Stephen A saying? Then I'm like, yeah, I could believe that. Steph will always have the Minneapolis miracle, but I can't say that I'm sorry you're not a Viking anymore. And no, let's just get it out the way right now for those who are suggesting that the Vikings try and get Stefan Diggs back and pair him with Jefferson, Addison, and Osmond. Hell no. Sorry. There was a time I would have loved to have seen it. Like, if after 2019, you, you even though you just want to play off game, if you had gotten rid of Mike Zimmer then and still got Justin Jefferson in the building and had an offensive coach, yes, I would have loved to have seen him and Diggs and Thielen. At this point, no thank you.
not worth a headache. Good luck, Buffalo. Good luck. I tried to warn you. Taylor made. You know, we've been bringing in all these running backs. We don't like our running back depth right now. And who knows what is going on with Kene Wongwu. And they signed that uh, guy, uh, Aaron Dykes, because he's a kickoff return guy. There is a part of me that is intrigued by the idea. Now, it all would depend on what you'd have to give up in the first place. I'm not giving up a first or a second round draft pick. We can throw that out the window right now. And yes, Indy is going to say that they're looking for a first round. Well, of course, that's what you're going to say. And they know for dang sure they're not getting a first round pick. Even for somebody who stands his injury last year, you could make the argument is one of the top three running backs in the NFL. They ain't getting no first round pick. You can get him for a third or a fourth round pick. I'm intrigued. Because he can pass catch, he can run, he can block. And even though I've been saying all offseason, you've already turned over this team to Alexander Madison. Uh, Jonathan Taylor make me go, hmm, that's interesting. That makes makes me think about it anyway. It's not going to happen. Let's just get that out the way. It's not going to happen. The Vikings probably shouldn't do that move. That's a luxury pick. I've been saying, hey, keeping a guy like Delvin Cook's luxury. But Delvin Cook's older. And you've seen him decrease in production over the last couple of years. So it's a little bit different when we're talking about Jonathan Taylor. Would I do it? If it was a fifth round pick? Yeah, I'd do it. It's not going to get him for a fifth round pick. He's he's in the last year of his rookie deal. He'll be 4.3 million. So he'd fit under the salary cap, but then he's going to want an extension. You got your TJ extension. You got your JJ extension. You got your Darisaw extension. You got to figure out what you're doing with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I've been going on and on about not spending money on the running back. I mean, yeah, if you could get him and not have to extend him and say, hey, we're just going to keep you as a mercenary. We're going to play this season out and we'll see where the chips fall at the end of the year. And he would come in and do that and play for us without an extended contract the way he wouldn't do with the Colts. Sure. Oh, yeah. I'll give up a third round pick, even if it is a rental. Because that takes your offense from top seven or eight to top three or four. But mm, it's a pipe dream. It is a pipe dream. Another free agent that is available. Is it a need or would it be greed? Greedy Williams, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, was cut by Philadelphia. Would you bring Greedy Williams into this? He probably would fit okay. Veteran. Hasn't quite lived up to the hype. He's been okay. He's been solid. I'd be interested if you can get him for that one and a half million that Philadelphia signed him for. Would I do it? Yeah, I'd do that because we've been talking all night. We got Andrew Booth Jr. Questionable. A lot of injury history. A Caleb Evans. We want a Caleb Evans to work out. We like his skills, but he's gotten all of these concussions. He had three concussions last year and they kept him out of the game because he hit his head. They said, we're not taking any chances. Would I take Greedy Williams on this team? I absolutely would. I mean, my first choice, of course, is Dalton Reisner. Second choice, Greedy Williams. But yes, we need to get some depth in the cornerback room. We need to get some depth in the offensive line room. Heck, we need some starters in the offensive line room. The thing of it is, though, here's the only thing I say, and that's part of the reason why I've been on this Dalton Reisner train for as long as I have. If you pick up a guy who gets cut on the 53 cut-down day, That means he hasn't been in the building practicing with our team, learning our blocking schemes, learning our playbook, getting comfortable with Kirk Cousins and his cadence and his checks and all of those other things. That's why I wanted Dalton Reisner in here at the start of training camp to get acclimated. 
Uh, they like Dalton Reisner, but uh, they want to sign him after week one so they don't have to guarantee his salary. That's just dumb. If you believe that Dalton Reisner is an upgrade over what you have, you get him in here to get acclimated and do all those things I just said, regardless of what your schedule is. But let's analyze this. The Vikings play week one against Tampa Bay at home. So if you sign him on Monday, you got a Thursday night football game in Philadelphia. So if you did sign Dalton Reisner after week one, just so that you can pinch a few pennies and not guarantee his contract, you're going to put Dalton Reisner in in Philly after one practice and a walkthrough? That doesn't have disaster written all over it. And if you don't play him at all, well, then you're not playing him until week three. So I'm sorry. If you if that's true, and that's what they're waiting on on Dalton Reisner to wait until we can sign him and not have to guarantee his full contract and it goes game by game. That's just, that's cutting your nose to spite your face. I understand analytics and I understand being good with your money. And I understand maneuvering your salary cap and all the salary cap issues we have and all the dead money. You've heard me say that a bazillion times, but if you're serious about the competitive side of this competitive rebuild, you have let the one area on your offense that is most pertinent to keeping your quarterback upright, go mediocrity at best and you've got a guy out there in Dalton Reisner and you don't want to bring him in because you don't want to guarantee a salary that's just dumb one of these days I'm going to get on a show with Tyler from uh, Vikings versus Cold me and Tyler and Dave I, I understand what he's saying about you just need average play from your interior that's all well and good for the regular season yes you can survive a 17 week schedule and win 10, 11, 12 games if you got average from the interior of your offensive line. That's true. But that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about if you win the division and you win your wild card round game and you have to go on the road to Philly, Dallas, or host Dallas, maybe, or go on the road to San Francisco, average on the interior and go win you a playoff game on the divisional round of the playoffs on the road. And that's why I would rather get Dalton Reisner in, take a little bit of a step back from the continuity standpoint, because by the end of the season, hopefully that continuity will have gotten to a better level so that you're better prepared for the playoffs. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.